Hello, and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Welcome to part two of kind of the environmental management idea. And I want to start out with Monday's episode was more of a, um, I'm managing my environment because I know what I'm running from. So I know my weak spots. I know my vulnerabilities. Today's episode is that idea of I know what I'm walking towards. So I'm actually striving for health. I'm actually seeking out healthy inputs that are going to get me closer to the goals and outcomes that I want. And one of my favorite adages And I know if you were to go back all the way to episode one and and track all of my, quote, favorite adages, there's probably dozens and dozens. And, you know, so the word favorite, clearly inappropriate to use every time. But it's so succinct and so powerful. Fail to plan, plan to fail. If you don't come up with a plan to be successful, you're probably not going to experience success because success is not just vicarious or spontaneous. It's intentional, it's deliberate, consistent inputs over time. So let's talk about health goals. I'm going to talk about a five-part system here where if you want to move towards health, these are the things to consider. Number one, create your goal and set your intention. So what do you want to be true? Number two is the, the topic at hand today, consider the environment. Number three, we remove barriers. Number four, we add in support. And number five, you pull the trigger. You get to it. You start walking towards health, start walking towards your goals. But one of the things I want to implore you to do is consider that this is a commitment over time. Consistency over intensity wins. And it's trite, it's redundant. It's actually another cool adage from my point of view. But if you lead with intensity, often we burn out very quickly. Consistent inputs over time will walk you towards health far more quickly than extreme interventions. So as we talk through what is a plan to walk towards health, you want to have the main consideration of what does it look like to commit to a process over time. And so one of the things I walk through with clients, because I'll have someone come in, and frankly, I had someone come in maybe, um, it was about four weeks ago now, so I've horribly, horribly undersold what she wanted to be true. But she came in and she said, okay, I have three weeks, please fix. And then she listed about 784 goals. And I said, friend, it doesn't work like that. Pick the one that's most important to you and let's get to work. And so she was really crestfallen because she really thought, you know, over the course of three weeks, we would fix an entire life of, you know, 10 to 15 years of chaos. Doesn't quite work that way. So what I tend to do with people is, number one, bracket their expectations, because often in the change process, we want instant gratification. We want things to be immediate. We want a six-week plan to undo 15 years of unhealth. It just doesn't work. So I walk with clients towards systematic incremental shifts that get them towards the goal that they want. So let's say someone comes in and says, for example, that they want to clean up their diet. 
I don't talk to them about restriction. I don't talk to them about, you know, numbers and calories and all of the things. The first thing I talk to them about is what are some new healthy things that we could add to your diet. So I don't even start with taking stuff away. I say, what can we add? Because in a couple weeks when we start taking stuff away, I want to understand that something healthy is already in place and supporting health and you've already had some small wins. So I'll talk to them about what does it look like to have two servings of fruits and two servings of vegetables each day. And for the next couple of weeks, we make that an intentional habit. Now, once that's a habit and we're kind of a month into intentional eating and intentional wellness, then we start to eliminate some of the maybe higher calorie processed foods that aren't doing them any favors. But it's not this huge deficit because we've added in stuff. We've already replaced these processed foods with more health-oriented inputs. And so it's not about severe restriction. Now we're just replacing some of the bad habits with better habits. Then let's say we're working on kind of processed food elimination for the next month and we've got some consistent habits there. Then we'll talk about, okay, what does it mean to up our hydration? And what does it mean to focus now, not on just any foods, but what if we were intentional about proteins and vegetables specifically? And at one meal, it's okay to you know, have a less rigid structure, but at the other two meals and maybe your snacks, let's be more intentional. And then let's say they're walking towards goals, but they want a few more tweaks. So we say, okay, what does it look like to have just one or two indulgent meals over the week and the rest of the time you're sticking to a pretty lean diet? And so over the course of about three months, we've overhauled their entire eating style, but it's not a case of the proverbial Mondays where they wake up and they're going into kind of shell shock and sugar withdrawal and all of the things because they've decided to start life over on a Monday and white knuckle it until they give up on Thursday and they're like, screw this, it's not for me. And then the next Monday, they start all over again. So we walk through consistently inputting healthful inputs. But then the other thing we talk about at the onset of this in the preparation plan is that environmental management. So we hypothesize, okay, what are some barriers standing in place that might disallow you from letting this new lifestyle be true for you? And so one of the things we talk about is that maybe there's certain foods we shouldn't bring into the house because those are going to be trigger foods for me and they're not going to support overall wellness. So real talk, one thing I can't have in my house consistently is cake because it is one of those things where I'm going to consume it in copious amounts because it's just so delicious. It's a trigger food for me. Now, I will say I have an addiction issue But I don't believe in the addiction model that runs through our culture that once an addict, always an addict. I think that's destructive. I think that's erroneous. And I think that's an unfortunate lie that we tell ourselves. I can get my cake issues under control if and when I decide to give that up as a coping strategy. Also, sometimes I just enjoy cake and sometimes it's not a trigger food. I'm just indulging in something that I enjoy. But if it's something that is a trigger for me, for right now, I'm not going to work on the addiction management piece. We're going to kind of dismantle that through therapy over time. But I'm not going to bring it into the house because it just doesn't serve the goals that I want to be true about my life right now. Now, the other barrier that happens in many of our stories is, hey, I'm trying to get healthy, but the people closest to me and specifically geographically closest to me, they don't have the same goals. So what do I do? And for that, I would say you want to work on the art of negotiation. So you want to emphasize that this is just for a season. What would it look like to come alongside of me for this short little burst of time? I had a client this last week who's working on intentional weight loss goals. And so her daughter was home from college and her daughter wanted to get ice cream. 
and was going out to get, I, I think it was just a half gallon of ice cream. And mom just said to her, hey, could you make sure that you get something that isn't a trigger for me? So I really like cookies and cream and I really like uh, moose tracks. Could you get anything beside those two things? Now daughter loves her and daughter wants to be very supportive. So daughter's like, of course. And she got cookie dough. And in addition to that, she put it down in the basement freezer instead of in the upstairs freezer. So it's not kind of glaring my client in the face every time she opens up the fridge. But my client had to express her expectation or a need in those moments. And she has someone who's working with her and wants to support her. And so daughter was like, well, of course I'll do that. That's not a big deal. Now, what I will say is there are some of us who are in a context where there isn't healthy support. And to those of you who have that dynamic going, so let's say it's a wife and she implores the husband, hey, could you not bring junk food in? And husband either forgets about it or intentionally brings in things that are kind of triggering or insensitive to what the wife is going through or vice versa. The husband has specific goals and intentions and the wife is bringing in inputs that are not supportive. I'm sorry if that's happening in your story. That's incredibly painful. Now, responsibility does fall on each of us to manage our impulses, but I will say to those of you who struggle and don't have a support system, please go out and get a support system. Find a friend that you can call when you're struggling. Find someone with whom you can commiserate. I've talked to, I personally hire people to be in my corner, to watch my nutrition. I hire my therapist. I hire people who are going to hold me accountable because for a while there, my closest infrastructure wasn't supporting the same goals that I had. And so I get how devastating that is, but responsibility does fall on us. If your system is not intact to support you, you need to create a system. I'm going to go back to the James Clear quote from Monday. We do not rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. And unfortunately, what happens, and this is um, over the last week, I read the book Scary Close from Donald Miller. And what he says in there is when one unhealthy person is part of the relationship, the relationship will be unhealthy. So if someone is going to sabotage, if someone is going to be nefarious or be poorly intentioned or be tempting or whatever it is, you really need to get other people in your corner because that is not something you will be able to withstand on your own, at least withstand on your own and stay connected to the saboteur. So what I want you to to think about is the slow incremental shifts that I would make with my client. And maybe we're down to a few um, indulgent meals a week, but for the rest of the time they're clean eating. Maybe that's as far as things go. That might be the entire sustainable system that they need set up. And that's healthful and that's long-term and that's what intentional wellness looks like. But we start with that environmental management piece. When we set goals, we look down the road, we come up with our intentions, we set up the environment and we try to remove as many barriers as possible. This also applies to other wellness domains. So when I think of financial goals, you need to set up the environment. What I love is um, in early April, my brother and my sister-in-law and I are planning on taking a trip together down to Nashville, Tennessee. And they decided that they wanted to fund their portion of the trip wholly through working overtime. So they set up a little board with 100 hexagons on it. And every 15 minutes of overtime, they get to fill in a hexagon. So when we went out this last week and my brother said, yep, I got to fill in 16 hexagons on Friday because I worked four hours of overtime. So they have this visual accountability set up where they're both being held responsible for working overtime whenever they're able to. And as long as they get to that 100 hexagons filled, they're literally going to be able to take a vacation that doesn't dip into their budget at all. It's just from overtime money. So they've set up a visual cue in their environment to prioritize their goal. It's one of those things too, where when we have impulse control issues, we can put barriers in place 
when we're truthful about our weak spots. So I don't know if you guys remember, I forget what the television commercial was from years ago, but I think it was, it was maybe car insurance or something, but someone wanted to purchase an as seen on TV thing, but they had taken their credit card and frozen it into a block of ice and they put their credit card in the freezer. And so they see something on TV and they're so excited about it and they run over to the freezer and they grab the block of ice and they're rubbing, 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 rubbing it. Well, it takes a good three or four hours to thaw it out and by then the impulse has passed. So it's this this cheeky little reminder when we put barriers in place, when we set up our environment, we're probably going to have more health than if we just acted as though willpower was enough and we would just kind of white knuckle it through things. We do not depend on willpower. We set up a system, we set up support, we set up our environment for success. Willpower is fleeting and we are not nearly as strong as we think we are. And unfortunately, self-soothing behaviors like impulsive shopping and impulsive eating and all all the other impulsive things we can talk about, those are emotion-driven. They are not cognitive choices that we're usually making. They're driven by emotion. And so I want to encourage you, when we think of environmental management, what does that look like for both resisting poor decisions as well as inviting healthy habits into your life? Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.